Welcome to episode 212 of the Thunder Underground Podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this episode brings the return of Sprout the Anti-Hero. That's right, for what, I think like the 38th time or something? No, 37th. Okay, gotcha. Don't, well, it, don't give him more credit than due. Here. Hey, hey, we always love having him on the show, so it's Cool, yeah, 38th will be soon good. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, Sprout is back. Before we get into that, as always, we need to let you know we are sponsored by DEB Concerts and MedFarm. MedFarm is a new dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, actually off Highway 51. When you're heading between Broken Arrow and Coweta, check these guys out. They've got a huge selection. And if you go in there and say that you heard about them on a Thunder Underground podcast, they'll give you 10% off your first order. And they have a doctor on site every Friday and Saturday from 11 to 1. And sometimes the doctor's there at other times. So follow them on Facebook. It's P-H-A-R-M. Or you can follow them on Instagram, at MedFarmOK. And they're Cannabis with a Cause, because 30% of their proceeds go to the fact that they're going to help build no-kill animal shelters in this area. I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. And one of the... Many reasons that we're hugely happy to have these guys on board. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, check them out, MedFarm. Like I said, P-H-A-R-M, and tell them we sent you. D-E-B Concerts, promoter based in Tulsa that has been bringing in a ton of amazing bands to this area. Of course. Saxon, the most recent. They've also brought in Sebastian Bach, Dokken, Striper, Warrant, Great White, Lita Ford, a huge long list, and they are now co-promoting a show at the BOK with Snoop Dogg and Nelly. Fuck yeah. Yeah, stepping it up to a whole new genre, but the main thing is they're stepping up the game and going up into the arenas. Which is badass. That is. We're super proud of them, and it's going to be fucking great. Yeah, we're super happy about all the IDL ballroom shows, but this is a huge leap for them. And I know that the Ideal Barm is a part of this as well, with Tom Green on board. So, yes, if you want to see the Snoop Dogg Nelly show, Ticketmaster.com. It's a BOK concert. It's that simple. Do it. And DEB Concerts has the DNB Processing Stage at Rocklahoma. It's been there for, this will be the third year, but this is the first year that DEB Concerts booked all the acts on their stage. And those acts include... Ace Freely, Bisto Blanco, Lita Ford, Strutter, which is a Kiss tribute band. Also includes Solidify, Mud Flux, Driver, Down for Five, Rocket Science, Poster Child, The Normandies, Zen Hipster, and I'm sure there's many. I know there's many more. Grind. Grind. Oh, and recently announced Slaughter. That's right. I don't think we... I think we mentioned that when it was first announced, but I keep forgetting to throw that in there. I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. And just announced yesterday, fucking Corrosion of Conformity. What the fuck at Rocklahoma? That's going to be amazing. I used to say every year that that's one of the top bands I would love to see there that won't ever be there. And and now look. Look at us now. It's happening. They are... I'm saying it right here. They are better than every single other band on the lineup. Pretty much, pretty much. Ozzy included. And I love Ozzy. (laughs) 
you know, maybe not Ozzy in his prime, but hey, it's fucking COC, and we all know that I'm a fanboy, as you are. So, oh, yeah. Uh, are they better than Wheeler Walker Jr.? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get that. They might not be better than Seether, but hey. Oh, my God. They can try. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But on top of that, Hatebreed announced within a couple weeks ago, and now it's official that they are going to be on the bill, which is amazing. Fuck yeah. We've also got the addition of Pop Evil and Gore. Gore, kind of surprised they've never been there because they, you know, it seems like an act that couldn't do festivals, but they do Riot Fest every year, so they, they yeah, do festivals. I'm pretty sure they've done like the Rock on the Range or the Carolina yeah. Rebellion or something once. I don't know. Yeah. So, hey, some more announcements for Rocklahoma. But the main thing here, D&B Processing. Get over there stage to see all the great bands that are going to be there. Exactly. And once again, thank you to D&B, D&B, D-E-B Concerts. D-E-B. I'm mixing up the two things, D&B Processing and D&B. Yeah. Thank you to D&B Concerts for promoting us as always, or sponsoring us as always, sorry. All right, let's play some rock and roll before we get into let's the rest of this, this stuff. We're going to play a band now out of Omaha, Nebraska. This is Sci-Fi Western from Flux Amuck.
sci-fi western from Flux Amuck. That is off their brand new album called The Alternate, which drops tomorrow, this Friday. Full, full yeah. length album. Really looking forward to hearing this thing. They've got two songs out. This one and another one, and both are fantastic. So I'm really excited to hear what these guys have. I mean, this thing is, it just kind of hits you out the gate and doesn't let up. Yeah. I, you know, I love the fact that it's got, it's not, it's not typical, you know. You can hear Fake No More, you can hear System of Down, you can hear Early Incubus back whenever they were original, you know. And then, like, I, I was listening to this thing, and all of a sudden I started feeling like, this sounds like Child Bite, even. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned the same thing. Sounds It sounds kind of like a proggy child bite, or kind of a, a more of a shreddy child bite, maybe. Yeah. More accessible, maybe, too. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like that word, accessible. It was a great song. Loved it. Yeah, so check out Flux Amok. It features the bass player from Through the Stone, who we have played on here on multiple occasions. Yes. Seen them live when they've come to Tulsa. They're a fantastic band you could check out as well. Also out of Omaha, Nebraska, who I know has played shows with the man who you will be hearing coming up here in just a bit, Sprouse. Yes, yes. So it all comes full circle. That's right. All right, so just this past weekend, you caught a show here in town. I sure did. So so what happened? Uh, How was it? At Badass Renee's, what, what went down? Uh, Mel and I went to Badass Renee's and saw Agents of Chaos and Harsker. Yeah. And holy fuck. Agents of Chaos put on a great set. Those guys sound awesome. They really, they're... They're fun and they get you into it, you know. Um, I, I know I've seen them before at Rocklahoma or Shrine or something. It'd been a while, uh, but it was good to see them again. Based out of Arkansas, they they yeah yeah but they did they did seek and destroy. Oh wow! Fuck yeah, you know. Yeah, you remember like two or maybe three years ago now they did that at Rocklahoma and Kevin Graham. That's was right. On yeah, Kevin Graham got up there <laughs> and and did that. Yeah, that's fucking badass, dude. Yeah. So they were great, and then Harsker comes on and. And I fucking, I fucking worship the altar of Tulsa black metal fucking titans. This is their first show and they're already fucking, they're titans to me. This was wow. fucking insane, man. I mean, the, the, the tightness and the fucking, you know, they had the image. Um, and, and you know, when you, I think, uh, and I'm not saying anything out of turn. I'm not talking shit. I'm not, you, you know, it, at our age, all the shit we've seen, when when you see certain things happening, you might get a little cynical, right? You know, if you see, when you see bands at this level that have kind of an image or they got kind of a get up going on or whatever, you know, you you kind of get okay, what's going on here? Let's see how this is. What's 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 you know, dude has a fucking James Hetfield uh, fucking model guitar, um, you know, and they've got the the paint and the hoods. So, you know, th- these guys better fucking bring it. I'm not. I'm not talking shit about having a get up. No, having an image. But you, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. You, you, you just kind of the, okay. These guys. You can't rely fucking, on that. Yeah. Yeah. You, and boy, was I pleasantly surprised. We, we both fucking were just like, holy shit, what is this? I mean, it was it was just fucking brutal, scathing fucking metal at its finest. Um. I mean, as we were talking and uh, Dakota was there and the lesson human guys and, you know, they were telling me this guy's from Nocturnal Winter, this guy's from Volition, this and that, mm-hmm. giving me the rundown. And I'd heard those names before, but I hadn't seen those bands, uh, to, again, to my ignorance. And um, 
you know, and I was just blown away. I mean, the fucking, they, they had all the notes, they had everything in that genre that it should be and where it should be. I was, we, we have to get them on. We have to play them. I'm, I'm saying it right now. Yeah. I, I mean, um, these guys are fucking great and, and you well, need to see him. Well, I had seen both their previous bands, yes. or at least Treston and Gabe's bands, Nocturnal Winter, which was black metal and fucking fantastic. Yeah. And Volition, we know, was thrash metal behemoth from Tulsa. Yes. So, knowing what those are and the way you describe this, yeah, I'm fucking pumped. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, it was, I didn't want, I mean, I didn't want it to end. I wanted them to keep playing for like another hour or so. I mean, ever, everything was, it was like everything you want and, and just in that, I mean, they're ready for they're ready for so much bigger already. I'm fucking telling you, dude. Wow. I mean, put them put them on put them on Vakken. Put them, you know. I mean, God damn it! I'm After fucking, one show, yeah, put them on Vakken. I'm, I'm serious. That's they can hold praise. their fucking own, and I'm yeah. not fucking kidding you. Yeah. That I mean, that's how much these guys slayed. Uh, so proud that they were from around here, and everybody check this band out. Uh, do it, Harsker. They've got a an EP coming out. At the end of March, I believe. Yeah. I saw on their Facebook page. So I'm sure once that hits, you'll hear some music right here. We'll, we'll get it going for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Follow them on Facebook and so you can see them live as well or hear the music either way. But all right, let's get into this interview with Sprout. Well, let's do it. Yeah, we've got, well, about an hour, a little over an hour worth of stuff here with Sprout. And it's always, like you said earlier, always a great time. Uh-huh. This will be the third time we've had him on by himself. We also had him on with Scream Red Mutiny. You know, we go into all kinds of stuff, but he had recently announced that he's moving away from Tulsa, and Scream Red Mutiny had also announced that they are parting ways. They're not breaking up, so to speak, but they, you know, because they're, it's not a bad thing yeah. that they're playing their final shows here in the next couple months. So if you're in the... The area, they've get they got one show at the Music Awards coming up March 9th at the Ideal Ballroom in Tulsa, and their final show will be at Rocklahoma on the Proving Ground stage. Definitely. So if you're coming to Rocklahoma, you do not want to miss that. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, this is this was a great talk. Uh, we, were, we got into some stuff yeah. at times. Some, some things were definitely spoke on, so it was a very interesting conversation. Absolutely, let's do it now. Here's Sprout, the anti-hero. If, if I embezzled money or took it tax money, I mean, I buy Jordans too, man. I ain't right. had it. <laughs> <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> I ain't never had a pair of Jordans before, but you know what? Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll take some of that money. I, I ganked it. <laughs> Give me a pair of Jordans. <laughs> Why not get some of the gold ones that Spike Lee had on the other night? Man, those were dope. <laughs> you know, that, was, that was probably the most unracist thing I ever heard Spike Lee say, actually. Everything with him is that he's based his entire career on race. I, I, I always had a problem with, uh, people I call in the racism business. 
you have. So, I mean, there, there, there's racism, and there's the racism business. <laughs> I remember being a kid and seeing Al Sharpton yeah, on yeah, television, yeah. and like he was always on TV talking about race and racial segregation and uh, human rights and civil rights and things like that. And then I, I think I, I think I was like 30 when I was watching him on TV talking about some some news report, and I'm like. What does this man do for a living? <laughs> like, does he have a job? I mean, I know I ain't sending the money to go out there and talk crap. You know, I'm not doing that. I mean, so who's putting this man out there? The, the, he's no different from, to me, the white area resistance. He's no different from anybody else. It's, it's like there has to be, it, there's two football teams on the field. You have to pick one. Yeah. Do you really have to? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some competition I, I, I don't mind watching, but to me, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Competition. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's running around in circles and not getting anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I think people are coming to the cross points now to where they're thinking, okay, if we stop talking about it, it'll go away. And then the other half are like, well, if you don't acknowledge what happened in history, you're Yeah. Well, History's still happening today, so I guess that shrugs all that <laughs> yeah. off, you know. But. Yeah. No we can't learn. We don't deserve anything nice. No. None of us. We can't keep nothing nice. <laughs> we can't keep nothing nice. Shit. Never going to get gold Jordans. Nope. So you guys did the this video the other day, right? Um, or did you start it? Or are you done with it today? The music video is still in the production stage. We're still shooting it. I did my stuff uh, for it late December, early January, I believe. It's been a while. It's it's only been a couple of months, but man, there's a lot going on. Um, I had a ballet dancer come in from Fort Worth, a uh, good friend of mine, Dovey. Uh, she's married to uh, Zach Stewart in 383 out of Texas. And so uh, she came and did some shots and stuff like that. Basically a white room, white background, sitting there, looking like a, a bum of class holding a guitar. Man, that was awesome. <laughs> but, I, you know, this is the second formal professional video I've ever been a part of. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm just been really into the process of things in the last few years as to where, like, I didn't feel like it was important enough for me to know. You know, now I love it. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's been showing in my, my own music. But music video, uh, we found, we found some actors, uh, the guitar player and singer of, uh, Follow the Buzzards. Okay. He's, uh, he's in the video with his wife. I believe. And I, since I was at the hospital in Wichita with my dad, uh, I got to see some footage of what Lyndon Alvarez they were shooting. Uh, I believe that was in Ryan's living room. <laughs> so. But it, uh, from what I from what I understand, it's they did really really well. Yeah. Um, they're still not done with their parts, but I still have maybe a few more things to shoot. But it should hopefully be done in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I've been uh, recording my EP. Yeah, that was our next. That was our next podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, easy, I forgot you guys have questions. <laughs> <laughs> Making it easy for us. Yeah. We like it. We like it. Right on. <laughs> um, the EP. I've been working on this thing 
I've never worked so damn hard on four songs in my life. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, making sure things are ready and making sure things are the way I want them. Because, like, you know, I'm, I'm not working with a group of musicians. It's me and whatever I, I'm hearing and whatever me and Kyle sit there and come up with. And, uh, I haven't had too much out or too much input from outside uh, influences as far as my music. I don't think I intentionally did that, mm-hmm. but I really did want to see what could happen if I put some things together. Try and introduce a little bit of a style and a personality into it. Uh, I've been, I, I was short on money, um, leaving Tulsa, so I've had to save money. And so when I was sitting there budgeting for everything, I was like, okay, how am I going to pay for the rest of this EP? How much do I need? I only needed 400 bucks. And I've never done crowdfunding before. Uh, I've got mixed feelings about it, like many do, you know. But I just put the word out there, hey, I'm good to go. I just need help, you know, finishing up my EP. And I said, it's not much. I'm not asking for $1,500. I'm not asking for $2,000. I just need $400. And, man, within a week it came. And these are, these are people and friends and family that I, that have been following me for years. Um, there's a couple of people in Tulsa that tossed me 50 bucks. You know, uh, one person tossed me a hundred from or Kansas City. Uh, I mean, it, it, it came from everywhere and it, uh, it revitalized my attitude about what I needed to do before I, I went. Because it, it, in a lot of instances in my personal life, it has been kind of miserable. But I am a miserable person. <laughs> There's just no getting around that. It makes good art. You know? Yeah, I guess. But you know, I don't. I don't want to continue to suffer to make art. Yeah, right. I don't want to continue to make stupid decisions to have art. Uh, <laughs> that gets painful. Just ask Basquiat. Oh wait, he's dead. He can't. <laughs> well, I loved his work, man. He suffered a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what's your your timetable now, do you think, as far as getting out there? Um, I will be done with it before I leave. I have a session on Friday, and then uh, I have one more session, and then I'll be completely done with everything. And uh, as far as the EP, I have the artwork picked out. I'm still trying to debate what the uh, title of the EP should be. Um, the cover is basically... Uh, picture of old hands holding a heart and pretty much ripping it open from the fingers. Yeah. People are like, uh, I showed the artwork. I, I showed Ryan my concept. I told him about it. And so we went looking and uh, he was like, man, that's, he said, that that's kind of, I don't know. He didn't know at first, but you know, when you're sitting there and you're listening to the music and you're, you're looking at the artwork as you're listening and you, you listen to the content and maybe even how the music makes you feel a little bit. It falls into place pretty well. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about how dark they are as artists. Well, you know, there's songs that sound dark because of the key they're in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I wanted to, I, I've always been a fan of trying to make uh, a certain type of darkness palatable. Somebody doesn't even really know that they're listening to anything dark until they really listen to it. Right. So when people see the cover of this thing, and hopefully they don't go Sprouts lost his mind totally and completely because this cover doesn't sound, in their opinion, it doesn't look like how the record sounds. It, it's totally fitting. 
but uh, I'm kicking around the name procurement or uh, cardiectomy. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, some some. I told uh, my buddy, I told my buddy about the titles. I work with him. His name is Cameron. He's like, so how many other terms can you use to rip out a heart? Like, <laughs> I made a telephone call to somebody in the medical profession. I'm like, hey, girl. How many different ways could you say it? How many different terms can you use to talk about tearing out a human heart or removing a human heart, extracting a human heart? And she went through the gauntlet. I'm like, wow, okay, I didn't go to college for this. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, cardi- my cardiology is nil. Yeah. <laughs> my physiology is even smaller, man. I, don't even, I, I, I never did good playing operation as a kid, so I, I wouldn't know anything like that. <laughs> I sucked at that too. I sucked at I didn't even drink at six. I was just ah! <laughs> all that sugar. <laughs> well, last time we had you on, it's been and it's been like a year and a half because it was the fall of 2017, and you were just starting. Yeah, all yeah. This stuff and like, so how have these songs changed since then, or is it completely new songs from then? I don't remember. Um, what, I, ha- I, definitely have, I definitely have. I definitely have more songs than I had then. Right. I've been, I spent a lot of time just writing songs that, um, uh, I may or may not use. And then I didn't want to just write four songs or five songs and then put them on a record. I wanted to, I had the time. I had the means to sit there and write demos, you know, home, home studios are cheap, you know, <laughs> 300 bucks. You could sit there and make your own demos and you're ready to record them for real. You could go to a, uh, you know, a studio that's already established. That could help you for tracking, or you know, you could try and do it yourself. It might not turn out great, especially in my situation. I'm beginning, but I've gotten pretty decent at making demos and getting the ideas across to the person I'm working with. Um, but um, the music, as far as how it's changed, it's gotten darker, but it's gotten brighter. Like uh, you're gonna listen to songs on the EP that sound like they could be happy. It sounds like they could be romantic. It's it's just, not, it's just fucking not. I mean, it's just not. And it, these are things that everybody can relate to to an extent. As far as the music itself changing, I might have changed uh, lyrics on a couple of them maybe a year ago when I was really trying to figure out the identity of these songs and what they're actually about. Because uh, either I take my personal experience and put it to paper, and then into song, or I take somebody else's. You know, if I take somebody else's scenario, it probably means I've been through it. And there's a perspective about this person's thoughts and views of what they've gone through that I didn't see, that I didn't pick up. So that's like a whole new inspiration to elaborate on certain things when it comes to writing and your material and content. But uh, as far as the songs changing, nothing's changed too much, but I've been writing a whole bunch of new songs. Um, I decided to release some singles after I leave here. You know, I'm going to release a single for the EP, and the EP should be out late May, early June, in time for the tour. The uh, Booze Bars and Guitars 2 nice. Acoustic Boogaloo Tour. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. With well, Dusty Grant. Yeah. Well, uh, before getting into that, talk about the, the We Are Tulsa Music Awards and, you know, the kind of send-off that that'll be for you. As far as Tulsa goes, the type of send off. I don't know about the fans. I don't know about um, uh, 
the scene in general, I don't know if they'll miss us. I don't know if they really ever um, kind of recovered. <laughs> Here, hold on. <laughs> I'm out. I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't know about the fans, and I don't know about the scene. Um, I, in my opinion, I just try and stay as far away from that as possible because. Honestly, Screaming Red Mutiny was more of a personal experience for me uh, than it was an outward experience for everybody else. And I'm pretty sure the other guys that have been in the ranks of Screaming Red Mutiny would agree. Uh, we've been through so much together that uh, nothing else matters but how we are and how how we're doing. We're This is the first band I've been in where... We genuinely are concerned about each other's uh, mental health. We're definitely concerned about each other's financial uh, health, and we're we're concerned about where our emotions are because we went through a lot. You know, I can only imagine what Casey went through when John passed away. Yeah. Well, for us, when John passed away, I mean, it's like it was like a, it was like a pillar missing uh in the house that we're trying to build and after john died you know i i i turned off my i was at the i heard john was passing away like i was at my pop's house on christmas morning and tony called me up and he said uh brother john's not doing so good i said i'm on my way he said bro don't go anywhere just yet i said nah if it's going down like this i'm going home he said all right so i got to the wichita city limits so I turned off my phone and I was still driving and I believe I uh I went to this Philip 66 south of Wichita it was just upstate just out just over the Oklahoma border Philip 66 I think it was the Kansas whatever uh truck center truck stop whatever I cried for a few minutes and uh it rained the entire way back to Tulsa. I rolled. We, I rolled to uh, Tony's as soon as I got into town. He didn't have much alcohol, but that's okay. You know, we <laughs> yeah. no, normally, you know, when we get together, we have a few shots. But he didn't have much hooch. But he put whatever was left in a couple of shot glasses. I said, "Man, I don't even want to do this anymore." And he said, "I don't either." But we we both knew John would be pissed off if we didn't. Uh, funny story about John Malata. Uh, we were on the road in Texas. And we would stayed at this house. And we didn't get paid the night before. And uh, I guess the show had turned into a benefit show. One of the acts on the show we were supposed to play, uh, one of their members passed on. And so we didn't get paid. So we were, we, we had a pretty nasty attitude about, uh, not getting paid and possibly not having the money to make it to the next town. Yeah. And John just kind of stopped and we're all talking amongst us. He's like, yeah, wait, 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 y'all. In our album called Encumbered, we press. We just kind of looked at him like, man. <laughs> like all right, all right, you got it. I, I named the album. I, I should know what it means. And he 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 looked at me. He said, "Is our album not called that?" Yeah. Like he he knew what his calling was, 
and he knew that he wasn't going to let what happened discourage him. And he didn't want it to discourage us. We keep going. And so that's how I knew he would have been pissed if we would have uh, called it quits right after he died. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he, he definitely made his mark on us all. and We all got closer. You know, these are, these are lifelong bonds that aren't going to be broken. We're, you know, I'm still tight with Mike Stark. I'm still tight with Jim Bob Lear. I'm still tight with those guys. You know, they're, they're still my friends. They're still my bros. We still call and check up on each other. You know, I remember it felt like when, uh, Anthony was the one who, Tony, he was the one who made the announcement on the Screaming Red Mutiny page about the band not being around anymore. It was crazy because it felt like people were expecting beef. It's like, it felt like people, well, what's the real reason? I'm like, yeah. no, nah, this is the reason. Time's up. <laughs> you know, uh, I've got opportunities elsewhere as far as living and a career, uh, life. And Anthony, he's had a long run. I ain't going to say how old he is. So I don't want him to like come back and, you know, beat me up for no reason. Just because I said how, how young he was. <laughs> yeah, I don't get beat up for that. But he had a long run. And he, hell of a good drummer. Always in that pocket. He never overplays. He never, ever overplays. Uh, he's a dude I'm definitely going to miss because uh, he always leads by example. Here's another story. Same same tour the next day from the previous story. So we get to our next we get to the next city and we get free food and a few other amenities and concessions. <coughs> this brother Anthony, we're standing outside smelling barbecue. Like, hey, where's that coming from? I was like, over there with all them Confederate flag t shirts. Me, when I see a group of people like that, I'm not afraid of no man or their symbols. Or what they choose to represent themselves with, but I know enough to not really bother because they ain't bothering me. But this boy smelled barbecue, man. He floated right over. I was like, "All right, he 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 must he must be hip to something I don't know." I'm following him, so I go to the barbecue. These men, these gentlemen, were nice. Yeah. I mean, was I gonna buy a Confederate flag T-shirt? Hell no, I wouldn't do that. But they were really, really respectful. They were really cordial. They were, um, they were just down home boys, man. And they were good. They even gave us some extra barbecue to take home. I got drunk with them people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were great. Yeah. It, 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 Tony told me later on, he's like, brother, just be yourself. And let them be, your, let them be themselves. Like he said, I saw nothing out of them to indicate to me that they were bad people. I was like, man. I've been so many places in the world. I'm cautious about damn near everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't know what people want when they approach you. You really don't. But he he had enough confidence and assurance in himself that stuff like that didn't bother him. Besides, there was pulled pork over there. There was nothing going to keep him from that. <laughs> the Grand Wizard could have been standing over there. He still would have got him a pulled pork sandwich. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but like I said, these these, these fellas. Selling the shirts and the barbecue, they sold the shirts and the barbecue. Yeah. It was, it was. I, I don't know if they had a combo with it, but I just wanted the sandwich. <laughs> but they were really nice, man. They were really cool, and they were just down home folks. And 
Tony, he's he he's kind of been like the rock in Screaming Red Mute. When when I go neurotic or things kind of start to fall out of place, there he is. You know, there he is to like grab you by your shoulders and pick you up. You know, and that's something not a lot of people have in this world. Period. Let alone a rock band in a career. Yeah. yeah. So, so you talking, we're talking about the music awards. Are we? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good though. That's good that you know? on all this, you know. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We, we are Tulsa Music Awards and Proving Grounds at Rocklahoma, and that's the last gigs. That's it. Okay. That's okay. it. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Tulsa Music Awards because I get to look nice and get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'll be honest with you. We won that award last year, and it, 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 we were happy, we were glad, and we were thankful, but it was still very bittersweet for us because even then, we, we there are certain things in the, within the band that still lacked a sense of direction. But since I since I've gotten the uh, award, I might have looked at it twice, three times. You know, I I respect and. Um, I respect and pull for the people that are trying to do something in our scene, in the Tulsa scene. And I don't care whether I like what they're doing or not, unless it's outright freaking terrible. But um, I'm down for anybody who gives something a shot. And I've never personally, um, I've never, I've been very reluctant to give everything in me to the Tulsa scene. And I hate saying this, but it was like a couple of years before anybody really knew I lived here because I was on the, I was on tour so much with King Shifter. So they didn't see me hanging out at bars. Man, I was at home chilling. I didn't want to be in a bar. So little did these people know I was sitting around watching and I'm hearing people say things like, uh, th- these are, these are people in bands with large followers. Man, fuck Tulsa. Man, this place fucking sucks. Sprout, where can we go play? And in my mind, I'm just shocked. And I'm like, man, how how are you going to say this? Had I said that stuff in Wichita, Kansas, I'd get my ass whooped. <laughs> Seriously, you know, you, yeah. you don't have an entire town of people loving you, loving what you do and how you make them feel with your music and then say that. You know, I am loyal to my hometown. I would have been loyal to this place too, but for two years, I watched people go at each other and sometimes their own in the scene. Um, I remember <clears throat> there's some things that have bothered me in the last year when it comes to the Tulsa scene. Everybody wants to talk this unity stuff. Man, I know better. I've been out in the world. I've been in the business. Man, there's this movie called The Founder. <clears throat> Everybody thinks there's no competition. Everybody thinks that, uh, uh, there's no, there's no reason to compete. We're not trying to blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, well, that just depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, there's people, in my opinion, that have too high an opinion of themselves. I mean, for what they're trying to do. If you want to be weekend warriors in Tulsa's best, be my guest. I want to go out there and see the world. I don't have to be rich or famous. Not everybody has to know my name, but I know the work it takes to go out there and see all these places and go and do all these things that other people want to do. And I, I watched a lot of backbiting here. 
I watched a lot of negativity here. Uh, I'm sorry, while I don't compete with anybody, if you're against me and you're drowning, I'll put a water hose in your mouth. Period. I mean, that's just how, that's just how, like, we came up in the Wichita scene. Cause it was, there weren't many venues. It was dog eat dog. There's a period of time in Wichita where, hey, they can't be heavier than us. Let's go back to the drawing board. Like, man, it ain't no competition like that. But people here in Tulsa really need to focus on what they are doing, not what somebody else is doing. Uh, I have no reason to come out and say, for example, like I, I don't have beef with this band or anything like that, but let's just say, uh, what band could I use? All right, well, let's just say band A. <laughs> I could, I, I could sit there and be like, well, band A's cool. I, I, I'm, I'm not really a big fan, but I support what they're trying to do. They're trying to go out there. They're trying to make fans. They're trying to work. They're not worried about what I'm doing. They're not worried about what the next man's doing, but they're working on their music. They're working on their business. They're focusing on what they need to do as far as trying to make the most of the opportunities that they're given. They're not complaining about somebody else giving, uh, uh, they're not complaining about somebody else getting opportunities or they're not they're complaining about someone else kicking doors where they can get in to fit in. Those are the bands and artists that I respect the most. And yeah, there is one band I'm going to call out <laughs> because it's bullshit. It makes no sense. <clears throat> Alter blood. I remember I watch everything. I don't always say shit, but I watch everything. Last year, Alter Blood invited us to play a show. Ryan Overeck was in the band then, and I've never had any beef with Ryan. Ryan wasn't in the band anymore when what I call the offense happened. So I have no beef with that guy. I really don't know the rest of them because the members have changed, you know, a little bit. But there they were, these same people, standing in front of us in Fort Smith, Arkansas, screaming the lyrics that I wrote back at us. Enjoying the show. They know our music. We love you, dude. We, man, you guys are awesome. And you guys are this and you guys are that. And we're like, man, thank you guys, man. We appreciate it. You know, we're still pretty humble about it. You know, nothing else needs to be said. And then when Screaming Red Mutiny makes the finals to this award, this Tulsa Music Awards, we have to hear from Alter Blood, well, we know what it takes to be in the finals and the awards now. You have to be assigned to Mugen. I'm like, Hey, I'm not stupid. I know who the fuck you're talking about. Just fucking duck your head, do what the fuck you do, and leave our name out of it. You know? Everybody has an opportunity. Forget the awards for a second. Everybody has an opportunity to go out there and do what they love and make fans doing it. I don't know why they felt they didn't win. I don't know if they've got, man, I might not see a whole bunch of fans here. Who knows? They might have fans elsewhere that I don't know about, but I'm not going to go out there and say they're not <laughs> doing something or they're not making the splash they need to make because they're not signed to something. I'm not sitting there saying that they have to do this to be good. I'm not sitting there criticizing them. So it's whatever. Yeah. It is really whatever. If they want to be mad, let them be mad. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I really don't. You know, I don't care what Alter Bloods do. I'm not in the Alter Blood business. I'm in the Screaming Red Mutiny business. And that's the only business I care about. You know, say what you want about Screaming Red Mutiny. Say what you want about me personally. But, you know, 
don't drag us into to your feeling of misery because you feel you're not where you need to be. Do something about it. You know, don't don't sit and be a bitch and complain. Do something about it. Exactly. I mean, let let's 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 forget support because I'm gonna be real. I don't think anybody really supports anybody. I think a lot of people around here. Of course, you need a crowd to put on a show. You do. There's nothing wrong with seeing these bands that do draw crowds, but it just seems like that's the only reason people play with other people. You know, there's bands I like in this town. They get no shine. <laughs> they get no love, but for me, maybe who knows? But you know, those those are the kind of cats that I know are doing their best, and they are showing results, and they're doing what they're doing, man. They're 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 keeping their face forward, and they're focusing on their stuff. I don't know how many times I've been in a band back in the day. I had some good old school cats teaching me back in the day. Like they were like, man, don't worry, because I was young, and you know uppity and vibrant, ready to just tear heads off all over the country. I wasn't ready for that, obviously, but at that time, but they told me, patience, let's work on our music. Let's get this down. Let's do this. That's how I started becoming business-minded, because what they were talking about worked. And these weren't guys that were um, in serious national touring acts. These are people that were, like, touring regionally at one point in their life to know the business at that point. Because I was the puppy in this band, uh, Zero Cell, 2004. I was the puppy in that band. Everybody else is over 30, 35 even. I think the drummer at the time was 45, and he looked every bit of 26. Nice. Even today, he, he's probably 60 today, but he still looks 30. Wow. Like, it's like, this is the first white boy I've never wow. seen crack. I'm serious, <laughs> man. Like, this dude, he's... Ron Gilbert, he still looks good, man. <laughs> but uh, they, they, they showed me what was up, and they showed me this is what you need to pay attention to. Don't pay attention to that crap out there. Pay attention to what's in your face. Uh, let's get this music together. Let's figure out a look. Let's figure out how we're going to arrange money. Let's figure out our transport. Let's, let's, let's set up all our pieces, just like chess, and we go after it. And that's why some of the bands that I've been in had had some success because we actually took that time uh, to focus on our craft instead of bitching about what everybody else is doing. Yeah. One turn, I saw you basically pass that same thing on to your nephew. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about his music, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I, you know, I got a, I got a nephew. He wa- he wants to be an MC, and you know, at that time, he was involved with a group of people that I found questionable. But you know, you get in where you fit in. Not everybody's going to be the you know creme de la creme of personalities when it comes to learning something. I mean, yeah, it's not. I mean, I learned about strip clubs from the dirtiest old man ever. You know, that was my grandpa. <laughs> but uh, I told my nephew, I was like, man, no matter what, learn to do stuff for yourself because I know in the hip hop community there's a lot of leeching going on. <laughs> I mean, there if you got if you got something to work with, if you guys are an actual team, your team. But there's so much division everywhere and music and everybody's got their own agenda or whatnot. I told my nephew, I said, look, nephew, make sure you get your own little studio and learn how to make your own beats. Write your own rhymes. Do that because if you don't, it's just going to cost you a lot of heartache. and It's going to cost you a lot of money. If you, I mean, if you can't, if you can't do this for yourself, then 
you know, how, how far do you think you're going to be able to take it if you don't go and do these things? The more you do on your own, the more you know you're capable. It, it's like building up your confidence. I mean, would Mike Tyson be who he was without custom auto? I don't think so. That man built up his confidence. He worked, you know, he, he worked out his skills and made him comfortable, made him invincible. It's unfortunate Tyson fought nothing but bums until Buster Douglas. But you know what? That's what you need to keep going. You know, everybody's going to hit a wall or have that adversary or have that opponent that's in your way, regardless of what it is or who it is. You're going to have that. But just to know where you come from and how far you've come, what you've had to do to get there. Yeah. Helps you in the fight, man. It really does. <laughs> it really does. What was your decision to to move made before Screw and Mutiny decided yes. to call it quits? Yes. Um, basically, a lot of Screaming Red Mutiny's problems in the band were practical matters. Uh, money. We we could not, for the life of us, get the money to get a vehicle. And we knew we couldn't play Tulsa all the time. And we also knew we couldn't get out there without transportation. And so that's basically what killed us. I mean, had we had transportation a couple of years ago, I mean, you'd probably be talking to us in some other location. You know, we'd, we'd, we'd still be, we'd be touring. We'd be on the road and doing all these things because the connections were there. Um, unfortunately, and, and it happens sometimes, you know, you, you, you don't have all the funds to do what you need to do. Uh, I know Anthony's got a family. I know the youngsters, you know, that are in the band now, Brandon and Nick, you know, they, they don't make a whole bunch of money to be funding, you know, things like that. And, you know, I'm pretty much in the same boat, but, you know, we did have a crowd, crowdfunding, uh, page. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure how that went because I watched it for a couple of days. Nobody donated. I can't blame them. <laughs> I can't yeah. blame people for not donating. You know, maybe people didn't know. Maybe people didn't see it. You know, because <laughs> Facebook. You know, they want to censor every damn thing. But uh, a lot of it is just practical matters. And me, I'm I'm so used to being active. I'm so used to being out on the road. I'm so used to doing music. Uh, I was going to do a solo thing anyway. I just took the time uh, to get that going while we tried to figure out our next move. And unfortunately, as far as our next move, our next move is to finish. And like I said, no beef between any of the members personally, because there never was. Not not in the years we've been together as a group of musicians and not even as friends. Never really had any beef with each other or, or, or bad times. But Anthony, you know, he wants to retire, you know, be at home with that family, that family growing, (laughs) you know, he, he, he said it himself, you know, he was put on this earth to be a father, man, you go, you go get a son, you go get it. Yeah. And he's going to, he, he's going to be great. He's already great. (laughs) I think he already kind of answered it by talking about the band members, but like, what are you going to miss most about Screw Wow, that's a good question. Pay attention to other podcasts. They know how to ask good questions. <laughs> uh, man, I'm going to miss my bros. Because no matter where we were individually, we were always there for each other. Uh, I, I've i had that camaraderie 
once before in King Shifter, and I had it before that years earlier in Zero Cell. Um, it's very rare when you connect with a group of people who are on the same level and who want the same things as you do with what you're involved in. Um, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss the camaraderie. I'm gonna miss the van trips. Man, there's so man, there's so many stories. Like the the personalities of these gentlemen in the Screaming Red Mutiny family are just hilarious. Nick, for instance, we played in San Angelo, Texas, and this guy, we, <laughs> this guy at the bar is like, he was kind of weird, man. He was like really weird, and uh, he was like, you know what? You guys need a place to stay. You can stay at our house. I'm like, all right, cool. So I just told the fellas, like, hey, we have a place to crash tonight. It's like, oh, okay, cool. What's up? Where is he at? So Leo went over there and introduced themselves to him, you know. We started hanging out, and he bought us some drinks, and it was time to go. And he unlocks his door and lets us in. And there's, like, there's like piles of shit everywhere. Yeah. Like, literal fecal matter all over the floor. <laughs> there's piss on the floor, too. and. I'm like, I'm not staying in here. I'm sleeping in the tr- I'm sleeping in the truck. Yeah. Forget forget staying in here. I'm sleeping in the truck. And the rest of the guys stayed in there. Oh and I, I the the guy that lived there, there was shit and piss everywhere, and I didn't see one damn dog. None of us saw a dog. I'm like, yeah. is this guy doing this? He was just super weird, really weird. <laughs> I can't describe it. I, I, I ask ask like Nick or Jim Bob or. Ask Tony about it sometime. There, there was shit on the floor and no dog. <laughs> uh, so I just determined that motherfucker's nasty. So I, uh, I slept in the truck. Barely slept because it's uncomfortable. I think I'm six seven. It's a damn truck. And so I wake up. I kind of sit up. I'm all sore. I look out the window and there's Nick at six in the morning with blankets in his hands, stomping. Throws his blankets on the mystery. Ah! He screams and he stalls back in. I'm just laughing. I'm like, I told him not to stay in there. <laughs> so we could have left at any time. Man. I would have paid for the hotel room, okay? I would have paid for the room. Yeah. Man. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, just just a little personality. He's like, Nick could be a little grouchy in the morning. <laughs> Most people are. I'm like, yeah. I know me and Tony are morning people. Uh, <laughs> Jim Bobby was cool in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's like there. While we are grateful for a place to stay, look if your house is covered in shit and piss, don't have company. I'm sorry, just don't have company. Yeah, I would have slept in the front yard. You like, look, you can sleep in the front yard, but like, great. I don't want to know why you won't let us in the house. But if you let me sleep in the front yard, that's cool, man. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. But the camaraderie is what I'm gonna miss the most about Screaming Red Union, and uh, I'm gonna miss John too. Uh, yeah, still miss John. I'm getting over John slowly but surely. Uh, <laughs> but I'm 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 gonna be okay. Everybody else in the group is okay. We we still talk about John, and we still have John in mind when it comes to certain decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, that never goes away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, talk about. Uh, you know, well, you don't. You know, wherever you're going, you don't have to say or whatever. But I mean, wherever you do go. It, is it is it still just you know your solo thing acoustic? Do, would you ever do any kind of heavy thing again or a band thing again? What do you think about that? Um, I'm well. 
once I leave Tulsa, um, I'm still going to continue to be a solo acoustic artist. Yeah. Um, I'm going to still be traveling. Not as much. I'm going to space it out. Yeah. Uh, the, the end of the year killed a lot of things for me <laughs> physically to kill a lot of things for me personally. Cause I was gone every weekend from August 4th to November 26th. I was gone. Yeah. You know, I, I, I came home to work and sleep and then Thursday or Friday I'm on the highway, yeah. you know, by myself, not drinking too much because I was responsible and I had to take care of myself yeah. and I didn't want to die. You know, <laughs> it's a whole different deal when you're out there by yourself as a, traveling artist, you have to make smarter decisions. You have to make better decisions involving your safety yeah. and even your money, you know, cause it's just you, <coughs> you know, you don't, the last thing you want to do is be one man out there by himself, vulnerable, wasted at the bar. That's the last thing you want to be. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I know many that do it. Don't, I'm not talking trash. I'm just saying <laughs> it's not good to wake up knowing you got a 12 hour drive at 7 a.m. and you're hung over. It's just not fun. I yeah. mean, done it. It's not. <laughs> it's on my hair of the dog, but I'm still going to uh, be performing uh, solo acoustic stuff. I would love to do some heavy music again. Um, it's just going to take uh, certain kinds of musicians and a certain sound. The right people. The right people. Um, the hardest thing to do as far as finding members of your band, one, it's hard to find people that are going to understand the business. And two, it's going to be hard to find people that understand the lifestyle. Yeah. You know, I, I set my life up so I can be a musician. I knew I love to cook, but I knew that if I got jobs in kitchens and if I had to leave town, I'd quit that job. And when I got done, was able to find another job in the kitchen, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Many people get tattoos in places just to make sure <laughs> that they succeed in what they do. Yeah. You know, I knew what I wanted to be, uh, you know, when I grew <laughs> up. And I, I, I did my best to, to be that and set my life up for that. But if there, there's nothing wrong with enjoying music the way you want to enjoy music. But if you're, if you're somebody who's not really focusing on going out there and making the most of it, in a business manner or even a professional manner, there's nothing wrong with playing in your hometown every weekend. Nothing wrong with that. That's just how you enjoy music. But don't sit there and try and talk to somebody like myself and others like myself about what they need to be doing in the music biz. I mean, obviously, they made a choice to have a day job, a mortgage, a wife, six kids, two cars, 3.4 pets, and whatever else they have, you know. Nothing wrong with enjoying music the way you want to enjoy it, but just <laughs> don't try and tell somebody else who's been out there yeah. how to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember um, playing at uh, Kane's Ballroom. We Screaming Red Mutiny opened up for Pop Evil, and this lady, she caught me out back at the patio smoking a doob, and she said, you know what? I really like you guys' music, but you could go a lot further if you didn't scream so much. <laughs> now, normally, my first impulse would be like, hey, lady, fuck you. Yeah. You don't know me. You don't know where I've been. You don't know who I am. 
I've been to a lot of places screaming my guts out. I don't care what people have to say about that. Yeah. You know, I've heard, I, I keep hearing that to this day. I'll be 40 years old this year. I've not, I've, I've never not heard that, you know, every week. Yeah. I like your music, brother, but you scream too much for me. I wish these people would have knew who I was 20 years ago. They'd be freaking the fuck out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I'm always <laughs> fascinated by how, like, people, once they see you or once they buy a record or once anything, they automatically think that they, like, own you and they can just tell you. Uh, I mean, it's like it, the balls on these people. And, like, <laughs> social media is even worse, you know, the, the things that anybody just try, trying to do something will. Uh, I, I was just listening to a podcast of Shooter Jennings, and he said, yeah, you know, uh, there's, you know, people on my Facebook all the time, like, well, you know, you're not doing your dad's stuff, you know, <laughs> right. and he, he did a, he put out an album with his mom, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Jesse Coulter, and it was some, good. some lady, some lady uh, commented on Facebook, I liked you a lot better when your husband was alive and you sang with your husband. It's like, what fuck, fuck people. you, like, what? really? Yeah, why do people, and it's just like the lady coming up to you and saying mm-hmm. that. It's like, who the, you probably fucking listen to, to fucking Three Days Grace on KMOD. Shut the fuck up. She's probably using a two foot double sided dildo on herself while listening to Air Supply. I mean, geez, I mean, what? It's just, yeah, it's. Like, it, it, I'm not going to tell you how to deal with yourself and listen to Australians. Leave right. me the hell alone, you know? Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's your art, and your art can go anywhere it wants to go, and a lot of people don't get that. And a lot of people don't understand that sometimes, when even when the artist has something in mind, it just does not come across that way yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's happened to me. You know, I thought something I was a part of or had written uh, was supposed to hit somebody in a certain way, and sure enough, I was wrong. But, yeah. you know... I, 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 I still don't feel I have a right to criticize somebody when they actually went in there and did their best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, you guys, I know you guys have listened to enough records to know when somebody who's went into the studio and has done their absolute best that go round. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not be as good as the first time, or it may not be as good as some of the other bodies of work or pieces of work in their careers, but you could tell somebody did their best. Yeah. I mean, that's that. That's all I care about. All I care about is going in there and doing the best work I can. You know, I think, I think everybody should. I, you know, to, I mean, back in the day, we didn't have home studios. We didn't have digital. That's right. If you wanted something good, you're going to have to spend five, six, eight thousand dollars and go to a studio with a two inch tape machine. Yeah, Google that, kids. Uh, a, a roll of tape. For a two-inch tape machine, brand new is about eight hundred bucks. You get forty-five minutes, but you could also get used reels, and used reels usually cost like between five and six hundred bucks. So back then, to have a quality recording was something very costly. So for a long time, people kept putting out their four-track Tascam recorders, (laughs) cassette tape, however they like converted it to digital. and put it out there. It wasn't the best quality, but you still heard some pretty decent music out of it. Yeah. You know, I remember being a kid and listening to those old Gorguts records, those old, you know, Burns records, Burns Productions records. Like, he was really trying to figure out that double kick. He really was. Like, he's good at it now, but he was the guy who kind of really started working with all these Florida death metal and grindcore bands trying to figure out how to get the best sound out of, like, a double kick moving like that because... 
you really hurt on a scale like that before. Yeah. But it, it's important to come with your best foot forward these days. There's no excuse to have crappy quality. Yeah. There really isn't. Spend the money. Yeah. You ain't got to spend as much money as we did back in the day for sure. <laughs> but spend the money. Make sure you put yourself out there to where you're happy with it. And you know it, it, it's it's got the potential as far as the quality of the sound. To, to, to do some good, to get your name out there, to get your music across. Yeah. That's important. Like, uh, being Screaming Red Mutiny taught me a whole bunch of things. Um, wait, correction. King Shifter taught me a whole bunch of things. Screaming Red Mutiny, I was able to refine those things. Mm. Like, uh, Kink, uh, he is a business owner. Uh, he has a business partner out in California. I think, I, I can't remember exactly. I think they do office supplies. Whatever their business is, they're on top of it. He knows business. He did the best, he did the absolute best he could, um, transitioning what he knew in business into music. He's not a, he's not a dumb guy. He's really smart. And he knew about marketing and he knew about advertising. Things I didn't know about. I knew you put something cool out there, but I just didn't know the process yeah. of how you do that. So I learned a lot from being in King Shifter as far as business. Uh, I got the Screaming Red Mutiny and everything that I learned, I was t- teaching John because John felt, uh, for a long time that, you know, he would have asked for more, but he felt like they were just going to continue to walk over because he was a genuinely nice guy. John reminded me of how I used to be until 2007. You know, uh, I got jaded and warped a little bit. I didn't know much about much. John, he was in bags, so he really didn't get a chance to go to too many places. He'd been to places in his life in the world, but he told me he didn't really go to many places involving business. You know, he never had a chance to go out there and, 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 you know, put his boots on the ground and see what it does. You know, he, we, we went on some tours and some trips and things like that, but he never really got going. And that, that's one of the sad things about, uh, what happened to John. Everything he wanted in his life was happening. He, he, he was, he was starting to tour and he was starting to get a little attention for him being the guitarist that he is. You know, his music still lives on. So yeah, he is. <laughs> so. Um, it, it was, uh, it was just one of those things where, uh, you just take the most of what you got and you accentuate it and you come up with new ideas to help propel things, you know, business, business is important. You know, a lot of people don't understand that it, of course it takes money and your budget. I mean, you may have a budget, you may have everything mapped out, but you're going to have to have some business ethics, you know, whatever works for you, you're going to have to have those. But John's biggest fear was that he was going to continue to be kind of walked on by promoters sometimes. Like he would, he, he felt like the only reason like, uh, people called him was because he knew he could draw crap, not because he was good. And like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, the reason these people are standing in front of you is because you're good. You know, I, I struggle with the same things that he did. He felt like a lot of the people in his life growing up didn't really care so much about him succeeding in something. And 
I had that same feeling growing up. Um, John had, John had his, you know, has his close friends and his family and his cousins and stuff. I'm, I'm cool with them. I know them. John spoke up for me, you know, <laughs> while he was alive, you know, so I'm, I'm cool with, I'm cool with his people, but there's some people I didn't know that made him feel that way, you know, and I know I felt that way. My family didn't really come see me perform at all until I was in King Shifter. You know, they, I, I grew up in a tough household. There was abuse. I was beaten. Uh, you know, uh, my brother and sister were molested by my older brother. You know, I grew up hard. And I, to this day, I don't even think my, my mom and stepdad want to see me succeed at anything. While I'm grown and I make my own decisions, it don't matter no more. I know the feeling. And I know the feeling of coming from someplace low. You know, I know the feeling of coming from uh, an emotional gutter. I know that. And so me and John had that in common as far as how hard we had to grow up and how tough we had to learn. Uh, and I'm glad that the world didn't beat up that man's heart before he died. Yeah. Because he was still a really humble dude. I, can you imagine John Holada with an ego? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't, you know. Well, I'm going to ask this because I'm sure you get it asked all the damn time and you've mentioned King Shifter a bunch. Yes, I play basketball and I'm 6'7". I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> go go ahead, ahead, brother. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, is there any possibility King Shifter ever does anything? Because I know you guys are cool, you know. Um, I said a few years ago that I would never, ever be on stage with them again. And boy, was I wrong. Uh, the thing is, time, you, you, you're angry at points and you're, you're upset at things. And, you know, sometimes all well, it takes is time, man. I'm not opposed to getting together and sitting down and talking with the cats. I'm not opposed to sitting down and putting out a single with King Shifter to see how it sounds. I have no problem with getting in the jam room with them again, see how it goes. But um, that's up to them. I don't, I'm not sure where they're at in their lives right now in this particular point. Uh, last I know, um, Kink and Derek are uh, doing a t-shirt business together. I talked to Derek some months back, uh, middle of the year. He says it's doing all right. So, you know, I, it just depends on where they're at. It also depends on where I'm at. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll drive however far it is to jam with them. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, we were some local band and it didn't matter. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I went all over the country with these gentlemen, you know, um, smelled their socks, woke up and watched Kink pull his hands out of like two day old refried beans. You know, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you're in a van with somebody like that for five years. You're connected. You're always going to be connected, especially if you create art together. You know, there, there's no need for me to be angry at anybody anymore and or hurt by anything. We've all talked. You know, we've all, we've all said what we've had to say. Maybe there might be more, maybe not, but I'm open to hearing. I'm, I'm, I'm open to the possibility of a, King Shifter reunion. And to the best of my knowledge, King Shifter, I mean, the rest of the guys, they, they never said they were done. They never said that, uh, 
this was it. They never said that. Um, so who knows? I mean, if it, if, if it's something that they're down for, let's do it. You know, uh, I'm over whatever. But, uh, there, I mean, I, if there's a possibility, I'd love to check it out. We'll, uh, talk about, cause like you said earlier, you know, you, you're doing this tour again with Dusty Grant. Uh, talk about touring with him before and how you guys compliment each other and, and why you guys have decided to keep doing this together. Dusty and I have a very similar work ethic. And when me and Dusty get together, of course we talk about stuff other than business, but man, me and Dusty are excited about business. Like, <laughs> when, it, when it comes to making something happen, we don't sit around. Yeah. You know, we, we, we make it happen. Like I was saying earlier, if you want something, make it happen. Put in the work. Send some emails out. Make some telephone calls. Don't be afraid to be rejected. You know, there's always there's always a way to get in somewhere. And um, Dusty and I, we we really actually enjoy the business, and it, it'll give us a headache. But Dusty, he, he, you know that that's that's why I hit him up. I'm like, hey man, I'm working on a tour. Would you like to tour with me? He's like, well, yeah, sure, dude. Let's let's do it. I said, man, you're the only person I know that's actually promoting themselves, working, you know, working hard to get things done. You got your video going. You got your website. I mean, he had his stuff together. Dude, I see stuff in my feed from him, like, almost every day. Yeah, yeah. That he, he, he does it, man. He actually does it, you know, and it, it does take that kind of grind. I mean, he has a family that supports him in this, you know. His wife's great with him, you know. Um, he has he has a job, and he does what he can do. But he always makes sure he's on top of his stuff when it comes to his art and his business, because that's how he looks at it. Same way I look at it. I love my art, but my art's a business as well. And he 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 just makes sure he stays on it. He's that responsible. There's <laughs> there's I used to be a musician that wasn't very responsible. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, flyers, what's that? My post is good enough. Or, you know, yeah. and kids, back in the day, we actually had to go to Kinko's FedEx and, like, get copies of flyers made, and there's these things called staples. <laughs> and we'd use them with these things called staple guns. Are you with me, kids? All right, so we go to these telephone poles, and we put them all over town, yeah. hoping you'd see them. Yeah, That's, I, <laughs> that was Facebook back in the day. I got the staple gun in my truck at all times. <laughs> See, there just, you go. Just, just whenever the, some, a gig came up and we had flyers, I would <laughs> believe me, I did it. I know. What nice, mean. nice, man. I mean, that's and businesses, businesses are are down to help. You just have to ask. You know, um, I know in my hometown of Wichita, Kansas, the popular places to put flyers for your shows be tattoo and piercing shops. And there was other bars that support, there are bars that support other bars in their entertainment. So you just gotta kinda play by ear on which ones support each other. And you're able to post your shows up there. Some gas stations and other mom and pop places might put up your event in the window or something like that. But every little bit helps, man. And it, it, it shows. I guarantee you. Just put in the work, man. You know, and you'll, you'll, you'll see things happen. You know, it may be small little minute things at first. You're just like, Hmm. Really? I just made twenty dollars playing thirty minutes? Right on. You know? <laughs> yeah. Start there. 
<laughs> Build it up. <laughs> you know, start there. I mean, but that's, you know, you know, being, being on a tour with Dusty and Trent was on the road with us. He was driving. We, we, we ate a lot of steak. We ate a lot of steak that week. <laughs> so much beef, bro. So much beef. <laughs> Oh man, and and then we stopped at some places that Thanks used to, yeah. <laughs> then, we, then we stopped at Grandy's. Yeah, there, there hasn't been a Grandy's in Wichita, my hometown, for at least twenty five years. Yeah, well, Dusty had never heard of Grandy's. Oh, no. he's from the yes, because he's Holy from Omaha. Shit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah Dusty's yeah. from Omaha. I guess they didn't have it up there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's oh, like, this is actually pretty good. Like. The, the the roll still tasted the same, the gravy was still the same, <laughs> and the potatoes were still fluffy with that light yellow color, man. It was, yes. Man, it was fire. <laughs> like, Norman? I got to drive to Norman for this? Yep. You know. <laughs> yeah. But it was good. It was good. People, when we posted a picture of ourselves outside of Granny's, people, the nostalgia instantly hit oh, all these yeah, people who used to like eat there. <laughs> I actually had to Wikipedia it up, Wikipedia Granny's up after the tour. So I'm like, I know this ain't the only one around here. They're primarily in Texas. There are a couple of them in uh, Iowa somewhere. And there's a few in Oklahoma, but it's mostly Texas. Wow. <laughs> so, so, I know you guys haven't announced tour dates yet, but you're going to different places this time, right? Or on a different route. We are going to Colorado. Okay. Uh, we're going to go through Colorado south into texas new mexico and then we're going to swoop back up through dallas fort worth oklahoma city or norman tulsa wichita so we're probably going to have uh eight to ten dates uh to play nice. uh right now booking is still going on we're really close to having it completely booked but um both Dusty and I get to see Colorado together as solo artists for the first time. Yeah. You know, there's people in Colorado that remember me from Kingshifter, you know, because we toured there a few times. You know, we, we, we knew people from Kansas that moved out there as transplants for jobs. And so they, they'd come out and see us and they'd let us crash their house. Uh, people are, people are actually curious. They've seen video like, nah, we got to see this. Just, some people just still can't believe it. I got some friends in Aurora, Colorado. I was in a band with him uh, years ago. And he's like, man, I, I, I still can't believe you're doing this. He's like, this is something I have to see for myself. He's like, man, these videos just don't do justice. It's like, I have to see it. I don't know what, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I mean, it was just something I decided to do that was different. You know, there was, yeah. there was no grand plan to take over the world what I was doing. I just wanted to have an opportunity to write songs and, um, do what I wanted to do. Appreciate you doing this. Man, it ain't no thing at all, man. It, yeah. I appreciate you guys interviewing me again. <laughs> yeah. This is number four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, you got, you got, you guys always do good work and you guys have been really busy lately. You guys have been rolling. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's, it's been nice supporting you guys. It's been nice watching you guys grow up. I feel like I feel like you're my white illegitimate children. <laughs> you guys are great. Well, well yeah, because well, the man. first time we had you on was really early, like 16, 17. Yeah, something like yeah. that. So now we're in two hundred and twelve. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys are you guys are on it. Yeah. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. And you know, I I'm gonna miss this city. I'm gonna miss 
I'm gonna miss the friends that I've made here. I'm gonna miss you guys. I'm gonna miss uh I'm gonna miss fat Phillies. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I'm gonna miss fat Phillies. I'm I'll miss Tacos Dawn. Oh yeah. <laughs> I already miss Cloud Nine. Uh, <laughs> There's probably something equivalent where we're going. Cloud Nine, not Tacos Dawn. Okay, for those who don't know, Cloud Nine was the strip club here in Tulsa, and I only went there once, and it was probably one of the more miserable uh, experiences I ever had at a strip club uh, in Oklahoma. Um, first off, they don't sell liquor in the strip club in Oklahoma, like. Like Cloud Nine, I, I I paid five bucks to get in this place. I go to the bar. I was like, "Yes, double Jack Daniels on the rocks, please." Sugar, you're not from here, are you? I'm like, "No." Well, we don't serve liquor here. I was like, "Really?" I said, "All right, a bucket of beers, keep them coming." You know, <laughs> so it's apparently all I was gonna get. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's this girl. She was so wasted, and she the the opening of her 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 song was okay. Cause you know she grabbed the pole, ran around it one and a quarter times, and started twisting and spinning, and then she just got slower and slower. She passed out right on the floor. I was like, "Man, this bitch must love her job." <laughs> God, here it's three bucks anyway, man. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest place, man, that I ever went to see a stripper, man. It, it just was not. But I'll miss it because it was so ugly. Yeah. You know, I, I, I tend to be attracted to things with imperfections, and that place had a whole room full of imperfections. <laughs> nice. Mostly, mostly, uh, mostly entertainment value. <laughs> right. Like, if cable's boring, you're tired of paying for cable, why, just go to Cloud9 and spend what you would normally on cable, and you're going <laughs> to laugh for another three months. You might as well, I mean, hey, it's better than cable. Yeah. At the very least. <laughs> but I'm going to miss this town. Um, shout out to um, Mugen Music. Uh, thanks for everything you've done. Ryan, Kelly, you guys have been awesome. I'd like to thank Garrett Heck for being so weird. Uh, <laughs> that I, I've watched that guy for a few years now, man. I really love his music. I love his black metal stuff. I, I love it when that guy experiments with things. Uh, I'm going to miss Timbo Kelly. Um, uh, I'm going to miss... Who else am I going to miss? I miss the Doxy guys because they were great. I like that music. They were good and they were entertaining. No matter what slot. They were good. Yeah. Um, I have mixed feelings about Rocklahoma in general, but I'm going to miss Rocklahoma. Yeah. Um, I'm sick of camping there. <laughs> I'm sick of hanging out there. I love the atmosphere. I've, but I've, I've been to fest, dozens of fest, played at dozens of festivals like it over the years. To me, they're all kind of the same, but I understand what makes Rocklahoma unique. And for that, I appreciate and respect it. And I, I mean, Rocklahoma has helped my career. You know, if my only complaint was having to spend and lose money and be hung over for a week afterward, I guess it wasn't too bad. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, but being out there from Wednesday through Monday afternoon, Monday evening, well, man, I won't do that again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's taxing sometimes, for sure. You know, and, and, and a lot of bands have pretty good runs playing and performing at Rocklahoma consistently. Like, uh, 
I know I've played Rocklahoma. This this year will be my sixth time in seven years. I did three Rocklahomas in King Shifter. Excuse me. And two with Screaming Red Mutiny so far. It's only appropriate that we ended where we started. I'm glad we got that opportunity. There you go. Sprout the Anti-Hero on the Thunder Underground podcast once again. A huge thank you to him for having us over to sit down and talk there for a while about everything he's got going on and coming up. You know, really looking forward to to hearing his EP when it comes out and, you know, the booze bars and guitars too. Two. Acoustic Boogaloo. There you go. Yeah, this is going to be great with Dusty Grant and Sprout the Antihero. And hey, like, he talked a lot in there about John Halata. He was on this podcast with Sprout and Tony, who we mentioned in there, Mike Starkey. Yes. With Scream Red Mutiny in there. Their early stages, that was episode 48, and Sprout has been on here, I think it was episode 16, and another time, I should have looked up the number, but it was 100-something, but, you know, throughout these times, we've talked to him about everything from death metal to the Bullet Boys to the New York Jets. Fuck yeah. To Cloud Nine, right? <laughs> Cloud Nine, oh man. All those things would go together, too. You could get the Bullet Boys and go play Smooth Up India and Cloud Nine while... The Jets game Watching was on a Jets TV. Game. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could do all that. <laughs> you could be smooth up in it, Trent. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah, and one other thing. We've mentioned it before, but if you don't know, that's Sprout at the end of this that's podcast, right. at the end of every single episode, saying Thunder Underground, y'all. So I'm not going to try to imitate it because I can't do it justice. That's right. But that's him. That is. All right. If this is... Your first time listening or your 212th time listening, we appreciate it. Go to thethunderunderground.com. All our socials are there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We are at The Thunder Underground. We've always posted podcasts up there, but recently in the past couple weeks, we started doing some videos. We've done videos on, you know, a review of a recent Saxon show. We saw Dream Theater's new album. New song from Whitesnake, new songs from Tesla, a review of the Dirt trailer, Jim Wilson's new EP. We've got a ton more stuff coming, so follow that, subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, MixCloud, TuneIn, wherever you listen to the podcast. Click like, subs- you know, whatever, all that stuff helps share the podcast. Man, that's a crazy noise, whatever that is. Is it that fucking truck? No, it's a fucking plane. God damn. I'm I'm leaving this in. I'm not cutting it out. No, yeah, fucking... You know what? You should leave it in earlier when I saved your ass on the band name. But you're not going to do that, are you? But you'll leave this in with the weird noises. I've saved your ass... How did a plane get in our studio anyways? I've saved your ass many times. Hey... Yes, you have. I'll shut up. I'll know my place. No, I think we've both saved each other's ass. Aw. And... Trent. Yeah, I can't believe that that the the noise of that aircraft was penetrating through the walls of the studio. You know, the, I even got the, up the foam and everything. The Thunder Underground compound. Yeah, like how that rhymes. Yeah, you know the egg crate foam on the walls. It's penetrating. We've through got so much of that. Yeah, up. That's right. Totally. <laughs> totally. But hey, SoundCloud.com. You can find it all. Also, the ThunderUnderground.com. We've had on besides Sprout several other times. We've had on a ton of other people. Like we mentioned, COC is going to be at Rocklahoma along with Hate Breed. 
members of both those bands have been here. We've had on guys from Seven Dust, Shine Down. There's a huge long list. Prong, Thin Lizzy, Candlebox. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy called 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 named Gene Simmons. <laughs> He's been on here. Yeah, one of his former bandmates, uh, bandmates, bandmates, Bruce Kulick has I mean, been here. Oh yeah, David fucking Elfson. Yes, of, he has been on the show of Megadeth fame. That's right. That's of right. Of course, Chris Broderick of Megadeth fame as well has been here. There's a really long list. Like I said, it goes on. So get on there, check it out. Check out some past episodes. Go to patreon.com. Send us $13. That's the new number I'm going with. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. cool. Yeah. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Share this podcast to all your friends. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground, y'all.